Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Titan AE and you want to know what happens in Titan AE, um, don't listen to this podcast because we do a lot of spoils. So watch the movie first. You can do it on Disney+. Plus. Isn't that fun? Is that, that was a shit one, wasn't I it? I loved it, Mitch. Thank it was you. the best. Thank it was you. so good. Thank you so much. This is spoiler warning. Bye. Peace. I hate the word. I got, I got one leg and a pocket of chicken. I'm going to play a little cornstarch. I'm my werewolf, man. Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Mish and Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast where two good friends, Mish and Zach, uh, watch every single thing that has ever featured the underrated character actor John Leguizamo. I am one of your hosts, Zachary Ruane, who you might know from Mission Zach Live at the Lido. I'm joined as ever by uh, my dearest friend, Michelle Wittrup, who you might know from... Being insanely impressed that that was the tightest intro you have ever done. <laughs> Zachary Ruane, <laughs> I shed a little bloody tear. I like to sometimes pull out this, like, oh, oh I can... Do something professionally. I choose not to for comedic. You know, it's like yeah. this little like. Don't think I can't do this. Mine's the opposite. I choose to do it professionally, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are joined. Uh, no, actually, sorry. Before we introduce you, Sam, I thought we might riff for twenty minutes while you do the. Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. No, we're joined, um, not as always, no, never. as once, by, um, uh, by he's the head writer for Auntie Donna. Uh, I have lived with him for a number of years. I don't live with him. I haven't lived with him for a decade. He's a writer, uh, a provocateur. <laughs> Sam Lingham. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to confirm that we've both lived with Sam. We the the three of us lived together in 2010. We mm. did. Yeah, mm. with a very tall man. With a tall man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him in. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> no, the three, that's how um, I met you two was because you were my housemates. I, I met you as my housemates. I met Sam at a VCA open day. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you tell me about it? Have you told this story on a podcast can, can before? You re- I don't know if you can remember it, can you? No, I don't remember no. anything. I don't have – I have some issues around memory. Okay. Sam. <laughs> oh, we, we went to – because we went to Ballarat together in 2008, but in 2007 we both auditioned for the VCA and they had like a group thing where they did like a warm-up together Yeah. and we did our like movement thing together. Was it you run know? by Zara Newman? She was the one who sort of showed us around. Yes. So she was the one who was like, welcome – you know, we're going to show you and then someone's going to take you for a movement warm-up mm. and then you went off into different things and did our monologues, I think. So I oh, remember actually, Zara Newman. So we've, we remember actually, about the same... No, no, that was the open day and then the audition was later. That was another day. It yeah, wasn't, that was separate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I auditioned with you. Did no, I audition with no, you? No, no, just so, the open day. So um, I remember Zara Newman showed us around mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, 
And then it wasn't until years later, because she's in like every MTC show. That's an yes. actress that's in every single MTC show. And it wasn't until years later that I was like, Sam, that person that's in all the MTC shows, did she show us around VCA? Mm. So I have a memory of her. And then I have a memory of like m- me at one end of a VCA movement studio and Sam at the other and then us like crossing paths. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Who would have thought? Who, Who would, would have, have thought, thought, hey? Um, I remember, so I met you both separately. Zach, I met you after a show you did and we had a beer together at a pub. This is before we In lived Carlton, together. But yeah. I'd been confirmed. No, I'd been pitched to live with you. Mm-hmm. The alternative for me was some other like some other guy, and you considered bringing him in because he had an Xbox, but you didn't end up living with him. Um, so you a selected me. Yeah. I met Sam the night that I came, the first time I came to Ballarat to meet you all. Sam came out of the house to let me into the house and show me around. So that was the first time I saw Sam. But I will say as well that my first like proper memory is my first night in Ballarat as a housemate. We sat in the hallway and ate sausage curry. <laughs> Oh, God. I, I, that's, I just remember Ugh. it very well. It was I don't the, think there's a more awful... The three of us and the tall man, we all sat in the hallway and ate sausage why, curry. Why not chairs? We had so many chairs. Oh, we just wanted to sit in the hallway because that was was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure those, <laughs> the sausage curry dishes stayed in the sink for a couple of days. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, young? Like, the, like, I don't think there's a more repulsive age than 18 to 21. It's just that sort of like you're still a child but you're given the rights and the freedoms of an adult. Yeah. So you just are like, ha-ha, I'm going to get wasted on a Wednesday or I'm going to eat curried sausages in the hallway. Yeah. And it's like your parents weren't like not doing that stuff because they were losers and hadn't thought of it. Mm. They weren't doing it because they did it and then they were like, this sucks. Oh, yeah. This is unpleasant. It's not nice to do. Yeah. There are tables and chairs for a reason. Well, we lived in like, the three of us lived in like a party house. Yeah, ours was a party house. (laughs) Ours was a party Mm. house. It was like a party house in the sense of like an art school party house Mm. where like you drank a lot of goon and there was a lot of like, chats, a lot of DMs kind of party. But I remember we'd, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go out and our entire house would smell like goon. Mm. And we would just leave it that way for about 24 hours while we rolled about in it and ate bacon <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I still have memories of like barbecues. I, I often like maybe once a year will be like, oh, do you know what I want to do is I want to have a barbecue with the cheapest sausages and, like, the pre-packaged pasta salad from Coles. White bread. White bread and just, like... And then I, I'll often do it and just be like, this is not good. Yeah. I did this because I couldn't afford better food. Now that I... I still can't, but now that I know how to cook better food... Yeah. I'm just going to make my own pasta salad and then and then it takes a year before I forget and then the cycle continues. I think it is good. I think there's a, a real merit to like sh- shitty white breads, shitty sausages. You've got to do the whole thing, margarine, no oh. butter. It's got to be a tomato Meadow sauce. Lee. And you need onion. Like the onion has to be like you need the char on the sausage and the onion and to cut through all that sweetness. Need, onions either need to be burnt or undercooked yeah. Like, yeah. and really oily. A bit Those of both. Are, yeah, a bit of both. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? Is a textural the people what people don't appreciate about like a really good bad sausage is the textural element. Yeah, absolutely, it's crunchy. Yeah, it's crunchy on the outside and and Mushy. just cooked on the inside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, Sam, um, what what is your knowledge of the actor John Leguizamo? 
Well, um, I no, you, you guys were like, we're going to do a podcast about a guy. And I was like, who's that guy? And then you're like, it's this guy. And then mainly just Luigi, Yeah, to yeah. be honest. That's uh, fair. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I wish you'd sort of just pulled us aside and said, just so you know, this isn't going to cut through any... <laughs> like, this is this is a well, more niche idea than, than MasterChef. I'll Chef. say this. I'm surprised he didn't, which makes me think that Sam supported the idea. Because I remember, and I was talking to him about this the other day, actually, about five years ago, four years ago, I was having a little personal crisis time mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And it got to New Year's Eve. And I, I came up with a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, (laughs) I'm going to go to a different place every week. I'm going to see something different every week and that's my resolution and that will make me happy and that will make boys love me and that will make my daddy say sorry (laughs) (laughs) if I go to a different place every week. And her her hypothetical place, uh, can you please tell Zach? Yeah. So I said so I said to Sam, this is my resolution. He was like, oh. oh. No, so firstly, I told all my friends, this is what I'm going to do. And they were all like, get it, babe. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's amazing. Is that you, millennial a little too supportive? Yeah you've, yeah. you've got this. Make sure you take lots of photos and, wow, how refreshing. And I was like, thank you so much. So I was feeling really good about myself. <laughs> I then went to Sam Lingham and I was like, Sam, this is my resolution. And he was just like, like so I was like, so I'm going to go to a different place every week. And he just goes... No, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. And he's like, you're not, that's not going to happen. You're not going to do that. And I was like, well, what do you mean I'm not going to? Everyone else says it's a great idea. He's like, you're not going to go to a different place. I'm like, of course I am. Like if one week I want to go to Sandringham, I can go to Sandringham. And then there was just this pause and he just goes, you're never going to make it. You're not going to go to Sandringham, Mish. And in fairness, it's been five years. I I think that see something new every week thing lasted three weeks. Yeah, and I've still never been to Sandringham. It's all my main issue is Sandringham. Why do you want to go to Sandringham? Because There's, I've never been. Yeah, that's fine. There are so many places you've never been, and for a really good reason. There's like they're the same as other places. If I had stayed with the seeing something new every week, though, by now I definitely would have seen Sandringham. Yeah, and you'd like. Would you feel better? What if What if I found in my head then, I was like, what if I find the love of my life in Sandringham? Yeah, so? So then I did, and I did it because of my resolution. But you could find your love of your life anywhere. Well, yeah, yes. And then you had to go to Sandringham. Yes, but imagine if I'd gone to Sandringham and found them, and I wouldn't have had mm. to worry about finding them in my local area. Mm. Yeah, but you didn't. Mm. Maybe there's some really cool shit in Sandringham. I'm going to have a look at what's in Sandringham. I remember I had an idea around the same time where I was going to do an ABC Sunday afternoon show called End of the Line, Mm. where I would jump on a train and go all the way to the end of the line and discover what are the places um, that we... that. that we hear every day at the train station, but rarely go to. Mm. You know, I'd be like, here I am at Hurst Bridge. <laughs> you, could, you could do that as a uh, really well-produced podcast. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could. But uh, well-produced, that's not really my vibe. No, no, no. Like, you know the ones with, like, Sandringham, what's out there? And you, like, get the train out there. And, yeah, like, yeah. And then it's all, like, produced. <laughs> and I saw the, you know. Yeah, and I'm... it's, like, very much like a pilot. Sorry, it's, just, it's very much like a pilot. You know that the only reason this podcast exists is because they think we can then use that to pitch the series. Yeah. Here I am in a beautiful cafe in Hurst, in Sandringham. Um, I see the ocean <laughs> uh, lapping up at the shore, and I'm just waiting for our first guest, uh, a local Sandringham celebrity. He um, he, he runs the fish and chip shop. <laughs> 
He's the two I see. <laughs> just, 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 just very poetic, you know. So yeah. I've looked up must see in Sandringham, Victoria, and it's a top ten list. I've been to Sandringham once in my life. You've been there? Yeah, I got very drunk in Sandringham. Was it good? No. Nah. Oh. So it's fine. It's fine. It's like a very wealthy suburb by the beach. Yeah, true. It's big houses. Um, mm. Yeah. So Sam, you might poo-poo my idea, my my want to go to Sandringham, but this is what's there: the Royal Avenue Park playground. Okay. Okay. The Sandringham Band Rotunda. Yep. <laughs> There's a rotunda there. at every burb. Oh, the Bay Road Heathland Sanctuary. It's got three out of five stars. Three. Out, that's pretty. Three out of five sanctuaries. Stars. For a sanctuary. Yeah. What are the zeros? I don't know. Oh, you're going to know. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of places in Sandringham. Okay. Any wealthy suburb is going to have a few bad reviews on their Google. Well, yeah. I yes. took the children there and they uh, and they asked me politely to leave at closing time. Mm. I just feel like it was sanctuaries. I, I went there and they killed one of the animals. You know, zero stars. <laughs> what would someone do if they, like, you know, the person I just described, what would they do if they actually saw that? Like, they've already given zero stars for, like, a, a, you know, slow food service. <laughs> Where do they go um, once they see death? Um, another place, of um, the must-see top ten, is uh, Sandringham Library. It has one review and it's four out of five stars and this is the review. Mm. The library at Sandringham has much to offer, from magazines to browse, books oh. and DVDs to borrow, and PCs to use, internet services, technology training Yum. courses for community members, a children's play area and school holidays program. Four out of five. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Give what? Why? I want to know. I think that, like, it's clearly a fake review and they're <laughs> like, I can't give it five. People will see through me. That's true. And the date of the experience was June 2019 and the trip type is travelled solo. <laughs> That's a surprise. Yeah. So I, went, that is surprising yeah. to me. I, I would have thought the person that does four out of five reviews. Yeah. Maybe um, they didn't give it five because they were lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I always go to the library with my friends. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so, yeah, you didn't know, John. <laughs> We're very excited, uh, we should say, on this podcast because early days, uh, Sam, um, I should explain, early days we started by shitting on some films, you know, yeah. like just the bad ones. Yeah. Like um, what was the superhero one that was no good? Kick-Ass 2. Kick-Ass 2, not good. Have you not seen Kick-Ass 2? Yeah, no good. And, and he would know that. Like John would know that. He mm. would have, like we've talked at length about this. We've, we've, we've processed this. Mm. Like he would have gone, this isn't very good, but it's an opportunity to work with McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, so he would have taken it for that opportunity. Mm. Much in the same way that um, much in the same way that uh, Jonah Hill uh, took equity rate to work with Martin Scorsese for that opportunity, I imagine yeah. John did the same to work with McLovin. Of course, mm. and um, and and then Mish tagged John on a couple of posts. We've yeah. talked about this, and and then he started reposting. Never with any more detail than Leguizamarama, exclamation yeah. mark, and in comic sense, your boy fine. John, <laughs> your boy John, Leguizamarama, exclamation mm. mark. Keeping in mind as well, when we first started this podcast, we had no idea that John had such a social media presence. It's quite active. Quite an active. I would say daily three Instagram stories. He loves wow. the gram. He, he loves, loves the, gram. the gram. That's great. Um, also, I don't think we were aware of how, like, like we knew, but I don't think we were quite aware of how famous he is in the US. Mm. Like, he's, he's, he's kind of like their Nick Giannopoulos. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Like, he's, wow. he's a well-known, he's known for his one-man shows, he's, you know, but... 
to us in Australia, it, all we've got is like, why isn't this guy the lead more? Yeah. Uh, so, so we were like, okay, shit, John knows about this podcast. And then I, we all had a bit of a crisis where we were like, oh, no, he could be watching these things. He could be listening. He probably isn't, but he might have friends that are listening. And then it's like, okay, he knows that Kick-Ass 2 is bad. Mm -hmm. But what about this film that's bad? Like maybe he knew or maybe he didn't know or maybe he knew but his good friend directed it. Like how do you know his Mm. personal relationship? Maybe maybe he really believed in this project and he was an EP on it because he really wanted it to happen and he's still really proud of it. Or maybe he's an EP on it because that's like what his agent got. Yeah. You know, you can't know. And then you go through this crisis where you're like, I can't bag out movies. Everything, every comedy podcast about mm. movies is predicated on bagging them out. So we had this crisis and then he's gone quiet. Yeah, so he was kind of, I would say, <laughs> posting, like reposting or like sharing to his story uh, one in every two or three posts that we did. Right. And so we would love that. And I granted, I've asked him many questions on Instagram as well. He's never answered them, but he often likes the Mm -hmm, fact that mm -hmm. I've asked him a question, which is nice. Mm. But radio silence for around about two months. We Mm. have not heard from John since the end of last year. Granted, he is in the UK currently filming a film. Yes. So he's a he's a busy boy. Yeah. He's a busy guy. He's getting like regular COVID tests and posting all the time on the reg. But also you're sharing other posts, John. Like you're still sharing other people's content. But he just stopped. So, of course, naturally, Zach and I go into panic mode, think he's listened to the podcast and he hates us. Maybe he's mad. Maybe he like. Maybe he's really proud of his work with McLovin. Yeah. Maybe he listened to the counselor episode. There's I can't imagine he... you guys doing that. That just doesn't ring true for <laughs> either of you to have that reaction. <laughs> the, 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 the old... The old... Uh, ego is massive yeah. but fragile. <laughs> the old, this is all about me. Um, so it's, yeah. like, it's like, oh, I just don't know. Does everybody love me or does everybody hate me? <laughs> everybody doesn't care, Mission Zach. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, that was the thing. We were like, either he's grown tired of the concept or he's listened and he's mad. Mm. He's he's just had a listen, or or someone's someone's had a listen. Someone's had a listen, and gone. You know these guys like really tore into the counselor. Um, he's like, I was in that, and who who did we know? Maybe he was really proud of that one scene he did in the counselor. He wasn't. He was. He did one scene, and the movie sucked. So then we <laughs> went in, but then. Mish shared, um, we did the screening, which you came to, of, of Mario Brothers, and everyone cheered, and Mish shared a video of that, and lo and behold, what was on his story the next day? Johnny's back. Johnny's back. Legazamarama! <laughs> With a big share, and Legazamarama in comic, comic sans, so, just, like, stripped across it, and I tell you what... yeah. Beautiful, because I think he knew in that moment. Okay, they, they're not. You know, maybe they maybe they'll rip into a movie here and there, but they're not ripping into it because because John John's bad. They're ripping into it because it disrespects the legacy of John Leguizamo. Here's a question, Sam, because yeah. I really I respect your opinion. Yeah. Even after the whole Sandringham debacle five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, what should our next step be? Do you think we should DM John? And if so, what should we say? What do you want? Like, what's your end what goal do you here? What do you, what do you, I, mean, um, I would love to have him on the pod. I'd love that. Zoom Why don't you pod. just ask Arnold? Would, I'd like some recognition. I don't think I talk about the fact that I have a direct link to John Leguizamo. I don't think it plays well. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? Just ask Arnold. 
So my, I think I've told you this. My yes. tour manager has has worked. For me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you think that we should go through Arnold? Yeah, yeah. I was going to do that, but then I was hashtag go through Arnold. Go, hashtag go through Arnold. <laughs> I was going to do that, and then I was going to feign like, oh my god, just no, fuck feigning. I feel like our listeners have the right to be involved in this. Yeah, I think hashtag go through Arnold is a pretty good. <laughs> Let's way go of getting connected with the to guy John. who has produced both Auntie Donna shows mm. and John Leguizamo shows. Yeah. Let's go with that guy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he produced Ghetto Clown on Broadway. Yeah. Zach, and he's now a Tony's voter, fun for, fact, because of that show. For what it's worth, I've been riding your coattails for years. You can also ride Donna's coattails. It's fine. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> it's about time. Um, I think that's great. Let's get him on. So that's what you reckon. What should we say to Arnold. What do you what? I just want recognition from John. I want John to be like. He's giving you recognition. All I want at this point. No, I want. I want. You want more. I want more. more. I'm, I'm hungry for it. Well, I want, we, don't I waste wanna, Arnold's time just going. We want. Can you get validation well, from a man? So the, the ultimate goal for. is that we get him on the pod. Yeah, well, let's just go. Arnold, next, hey, we want him on the pod. The next step is I want him to say, "Hey, Mission Zach, thank you for making a pod." Or I've I've recognised that you've made a pod. He doesn't even have to thank us. No, he doesn't. Because we're have to thanking thank us. him. We just I just want him on the pod. I think to prom- – see, here was my plan. Do you want to know what my plan was? My plan was when – because we reached out to him once and we were like, when's your directorial debut, Critical Thinking, coming out in Australia? And um, I'd just like, like to quickly add for our listeners, we've not once tried to contact John not publicly. Does no. that make sense? Yeah, so all of this was done with Instagram posts that were viewed, like for the public. Yeah. And we are like, when's the movie coming out? And he did respond. He was like – He did respond. Yeah, he did respond and he was like um, – uh, you know, TBC, <laughs> you know, to, to be announced, TBA. And then we're like, okay. And then my plan was when I hear that critical thinking is coming out in Australia, I reach out through Arnold to yep. his publicist and say, hey, you know, and I've talked to you about this. As you said, it's the, the highest conversion rate of any podcast ever. Like anyone that listened to this podcast mm. is going to go and watch critical thinking if John's yes. on it. <laughs> It's like, hey, hey, publicists, we don't have a lot of listeners, but they will all watch the film. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of them. Um, And uh, so that was the whole plan. And then Mish was getting a prize for one of our live screenings and she brought it and she was like, oh, I got the DVD of Critical Thinking yeah. at JB Hi-Fi. I was it in shock. It just came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, I was in shock. It's available at JB on, like, so there's someone who has a DVD of it because we purchased it as a prize. I've forgotten who we gave it to, but someone's seen that film before us in this country and I'm not okay with that. So I we feel don't like, know what to do now. I feel like Zach and Mish... Should have been given priority of critical thinking. We should have done a viewing. like we should have done a debut screening. We should have run the premiere of Critical Thinking. Yeah, hey. I'm. Well, we still could. You still can. It was out on DVD at JV Hi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. We were screening John Wick instead. It could have been a part of Leguizamorama. Yeah, no. Fuck. Oh well. Um. So like, but then I also don't know, like. Where do you go once you've had John on? Back to. Yeah, back to the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be really funny to have John on and then not talk to him about John Leguizamo, just talk to him about one pop pasta. Oh, that's the best. That's really funny. Yeah, that is really funny. Or just talk to him about, like, you know, we're at the moment developing this idea of doing Michael Shenanza or a Kathy Bates-a-thon. Yeah. Or what was the one we had the other day? Oh, we had a really good one. Catherine Catherine O'Hara-Rama. Catherine O'Hara-Rama, uh, also Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton is Paxton. Do you know Bill Paxton, Sam? Yeah, I know that. I'm not good with... 
But um, do you know what he's been in? He's been in Titanic. He's been in Aliens. He's been in Twister. He's been in Twister. He's been in, like, literally everything you could possibly want mm. for a series of films uh, to be presented and by two under-rehearsed people. Fun fact, I've not really seen many of his movies. I've not seen Alien. He's not in Alien. Oh, fuck. All he's right. in Aliens. Oh, sorry. I've not seen Aliens. What about, like, a Will smith Devil? Too popular. Okay, he's like, too recognised. He doesn't, he doesn't need it. That uh, would be good for our careers. Yeah. Johnny Depathon. <laughs> too good for our careers. A little complex. A and little, a bit complex, a little, yeah. a little bit, A little bit grey. <laughs> yeah. Can't go grey. Yeah, it's a little grey. Mm. Okay. Like, I'm not saying it's a... It's not, I'm not saying that's a Weinstein... Weinstein-rama. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely not a Tom Hanks a journey. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a little in the grey for us. Yes. Tom Hanks would be good. People love him. Yeah, but yeah, a little too a little much. Too. They love him. They love him more than they love. You've us. got to understand anyone that's even had a career, like anyone that's made it in mm. the uh, so McConaughey, Goldblum, Kevin Bacon. You guys got heaps of good ideas. No, but the ones I'm listing right now, even they for us have already had the renaissance that we believe that Leguizamo deserves. We are looking for a Leguizamo We want the Leguizamo because. <laughs> Because, uh, because, because here's the thing, right? We've got we're going through a Nicolas Cage kind of yeah. ironic revival right now. We Are went we? through the gold. Bl- yeah, it's coming. We've got yeah. Everything he's got coming out is like oh, I'm Nicolas Cage, oh, okay. and people are like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had it with Goldblum, you know, and I think that I just feel like once that ship has sailed, then I'm a passenger and. If there's one thing that Mission Zach are, we're at the front of the boat mm. or we're not on the boat at all. Do you have any suggestions, now knowing that information, who you would like to see us doing a podcast about? So I think the ideal candidate is you say a name and I've heard of that name before but can't put a face to it. Okay. Alfred Molina. Uh, we talked about him the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Only, I can only, yeah, just because I saw uh, a promising be, young woman. Yeah. I think an Alfred Molina. We're very keen yeah, on Yeah, we Alfred really Molina like Alfred Molina. I think he's good. <laughs> I, in Normally, a few weeks ago, you said that name. I go, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. But what about, Alfred Molina, he's Chocolate. He's Dr. Octopus in uh, in uh, Spider-Man yeah. 2. He's in this really great film called Identity. Identity. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, well, that's a film, a series. Yeah. Yeah. What about Mini Driver? Yeah, so she's in. Is she in Austin? No, no, no. That's Heather Graham or Liz Hurley. What's Minnie Driver in? She's I, in uh, Goodwill Hunting, one of my favourite movies of all time. She's in Circle of Friends. Circle of Friends. I think the first time I I became aware of her was her cameo in Abfab. Oh, I yeah. believe. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's possible. Here's a question for Mish. This is mm-hmm. probably less for Sam because I think I know where you're gonna what you're gonna say, Sam. But Mish. My worry here is that he's too sort of well known, but Willem Dafoe. Um, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw in my eyes the half second before I said that, but I knew I'd struck gold. <laughs> um, no, way too, way too famous. Way too famous. If we're yeah, going to do yeah. Willem Dafoe, we can do Whoopi Goldberg. I think we should do Whoopi Goldberg. She's very famous. Yeah, but but Whoopi Goldberg is very very famous. But Whoopi Goldberg he is is underrated. She's both very very famous. Is she? She's and an underrated. Oscar winner. Yeah, but she's. She, I think right now she's, she's an egot. 
She is an EGOT, but she's hosting The View with just some crazy people. <laughs> it's just her and some crazy women, yeah. and she just sits there, and it's like she's an EGOT. And I'm like, I, she's right in the position for me of like a Matthew McConaughey or a Goldblum of like, yes, EGOT, yes, Oscar winner, yes, huge, but right now she should be doing great films. She's probably choosing not to. But she should be doing, like, awesome, awesome films. Smaller parts in awesome films. Yeah. I think Whoopi Goldberg is underrated. I don't think people remember how great Whoopi Goldberg is. Okay. And oh. and I think she should have been, like, where where is she? She should be, like, as fa- like as respected as Meryl Streep. She's as good of an Do actor. Do you not think she is, though? Because I think she is. Well, she's not. Unless she's choosing to, she's not doing a movie every year. She's not up for an Oscar every year. She's not, mm. like... You know, like you look at what Ted Danson is doing, he's like getting killer, killer parts. She's not. She's a very, very good actor. She was, I think, like, I, I don't know. And the best she got was Ghost. Like, the best she got was supporting like the actress. Color Purple. You know, she, yeah, Color Purple was great, but it's always supporting actress. Where was her leading roles? Where was her. Sister Act? Sister Act? But what's she doing now? Sister Act 3? Absolutely. You're absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what's she doing now? She's in production for Sister Act 3. Yeah. Yep, you're right. <laughs> I once saw a movie with Whoopi Goldberg. It was a midday movie mm. on the television, and she was a scientist, and she got sent back in time, and then she sort of taught everyone about how to use, uh, like, windmills and Love stuff that. like that. that. sounds fucking sick. And invented a steam, steam engine. And... and then there's the one where she's got a uh, dinosaur buddy, yeah? What? There's a movie where Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> is, I think, a cop, and it's like an odd cop. Story about her and a dinosaur. I don't know. She was the voice of a hyena in Lion King. She was. Remember how they added, like, another hyena in the new Lion King? Yeah, that was weird. A very weird sort of, they've just, they just added another hyena, and it was like, Scar was like, you are my hyenas, and then, like, it was like a 2IC hyena. Yeah, I went <laughs> it was to... like, yeah, don't you worry, I'll pass that on to the other hyenas. I went and saw the new Lion King <laughs> at the movies on a date with a guy I'd been dating for a while, and he ate all of my food. Yeah. Don't share popcorn. Not on a date. I tried to with you, actually, at one of the viewings at Lido. You were not interested. You ate a little bit. You ate a little bit, but it was very much kind of like, I'm going to eat a little bit, but I don't want to share that with you. I don't want to take all your popcorn. It was a huge popcorn. They gave us a really big one for free. For free. (laughs) I don't know if this is a problem anyone else has had apart from you two. Well, I think you just sit next to someone and eat the half the popcorn. It's fine. I feel like if I said to Sam, do you want to split my popcorn? You'd be like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, stuff buying, we'll get, we'll get one, we'll share it, it's fine. But do you, have you, like, do you eat the exact half amount or do you get in, like, trouble? First in best Because I'm a gobble guts and I eat all the popcorn and people are like, you ate all the popcorn. It's just, you, like, just have some basic self-awareness. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'm medicated on the fact that I don't. <laughs> What you do is, I lack that on a frontal a fundamental lobe basal level, Sam. <laughs> there's just a rhythm. There's a person putting, like, you just match the rhythm of the person next to you. Yeah, but that's thinking, isn't it? It's a lot no. easier to just munch and crunch until you're done. Well, they've got to match your rhythm then. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I believe. <clears throat> yeah. See, this is the issue, right? My partner, uh, she likes to... Uh, Spread the popcorn through the entire film. That's not going to work. And that, I'm like, and in that sense, I'm like, that's on you, babe. Um, Get yourself your own popcorn. Because if you want to spread it out, silly. Anything above a small popcorn, though, it takes a long time to get through it. It's too much popcorn as well. Yeah, a small popcorn. mm, If I'm not getting a chockey top, Mm. 
a medium popcorn is my choice, but there's often some left over. Yeah. Do you know what my ideal would be if, if they like let you just choose all your own? It would mm. be a large Coke, a small popcorn, and a choc top. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the perfect. That's brilliant. Mm. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, Titan AE is the movie that we all watched uh, yes, this we week. Um, this was one that uh, Zach was pushing for a few weeks ago. I've been pushing for this for weeks and, and Mish has always been like, I don't know, can we watch Regarding Henry instead? I'm like, no, I want to watch a space movie. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we've watched Titan AE. Um, we forced Sam to watch that, so thank you. Um, I'm on blurb this week, so I'm just going to read this how this works, Sam. I read a quick little blurb and then we chat about the film. For between 20 minutes and two hours. Yeah. You ready? Okay. Uh, Titan AE is an 80s-style animation film made in the year 2000, Mm -hmm. a year that wanted nothing to do with 80s animation. Mm -hmm. It was a fucking cool... Sorry, it has a fucking cool futuristic soundtrack if you were creating a futuristic soundtrack in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Combining old-school drawings with super state-of-the-art computer-generated 3D images, Titan AE is a science fiction story set in the future when Earth has been totally fucked up by a bunch of blue-glow aliens known as the Dredge. Mm A young, hairless, muscular dude voiced by Matt Damon has the key to reclaiming and rebuilding Earth. He has like a gold tattoo on his hand that is a map or compass or something that moves. Very science fiction. Matt Damon, a.k.a. Kale, along with his mates like a purple fringe chick voiced by Drew Barrymore and a bunch of other characters that all look the same, set out for an adventure to eliminate the dredge and move back to Earth peacefully. John Leguizamo voices Goon. Goon? Goon. A wise uh, kind of a very wise type of character that people go to for help. I don't really understand. Mm. I think that's right. So I'm just going to premise this by saying I have a confession. Uh oh. I don't know what it is with science. This is embarrassing because I think of myself as an intelligent 32 year old woman. Mm -hmm. I would say that 90% of science fiction films that I have seen. I do not understand. I don't understand. I find them really hard to follow. I find them very difficult. To, like In every movie they always say a whole bunch of words that I don't get and I found this film hard to follow okay. and it is a child's animation yeah, it is a film. Yeah, it's film, not yeah. particularly hard to no, follow. I, I followed think. it. I, I had issues, structural issues. Well, when they scream stuff like, get back to the mainframe before the... the it's be- all... It's all made up words. Yeah, yeah they but, just make up words. But I don't. I, I it's hate context, that. isn't it? It's like they have to get back to the place because the other place is about to explode. If they're giving them both silly names, I mean, we just can gather that they're yeah. saying get to the place that's not going to explode. I don't it's, know. It's, it's I, like Harry Potter. Imagine it's Harry Potter when they're like, "We have got to go back there because the magical wiggle wands will blow up," and you're like, "Oh yeah, cool." 
Like, it's all make-believe. Yes, I know. I don't like it. Okay. That's fine. That's good. That's a very astute criticism. Would you say, no, no, no. There were elements of this film that I can be like, oh, nice. But in terms of the genre, Mm -hmm. I would say that... Switch off a little. I would say science fiction is at the bottom of my list of genres I enjoy watching. Unless it's Back to the Future, would you call that science fiction? Mm, sort of. Okay, well, yes. well sort, of sort of muddy science yeah. fiction I can get amongst because Back to the Future is fucking fire. <laughs> but but I would say science fiction is at the bottom of my list. Fight me. It's one I, of my favourite genres, mm. which wow. is great. Wow. We're, we're here where we can have discussions. Oh, you know. I feel like I'm on uh, Q&A right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm on commercial radio. We're going to have a, a feisty conversation here. <laughs> well, no, it's not feisty. It's just it's a matter of like I genuinely – would you call Matrix science fiction? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. I didn't understand the Matrix yeah. at all and I felt so dumb, even at 12 or 13 or however old I was when I first saw it, that I didn't get it. And then I watched it again at 16, I didn't get it. I watched it at 21, I still didn't get it. Then at 30, I watched it. I'm like, I don't understand. Mark Bonanno found out, called me, and was like, I'm going to explain this movie to you because it's insane that you don't get it. And then he explained it and I watched I'm like, okay, I get it. But I don't know what it is about science fiction that I find really difficult to understand. Can I prescribe for you what, what I think you're, you do? Yes. Because my partner Annie does this and my mum does this. This is a, There's a lot of people in my life that do this, which is if there are, like, world-building questions left open in the first 20 minutes of a film, yeah. they both go, nah. Yep. They both go, nah, don't get it. Yep, that's me. Rather than I'm going to keep these plates spinning in my head mm-hmm. and then once it all starts falling into place, I'm going to go, oh, like... The Matrix, I, what I love about The Matrix is that it doesn't start with the scene where Morpheus is like the robot. Like most movies start with like, in the year 2000, the robot, we invented robots. They blacked out the skies and they Im-. Most movies start like that. They mm-hmm. build the world and then whereas The Matrix starts as a mystery and then the world emerges. Same with uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. goes for like an hour before you understand is what's going on. Is that science fiction? Yeah, yeah. See, I like that film. But my Annie was like, I don't get it. I'm like, just sit in it. <laughs> just sit in it and it'll make... And it's like, I think that's sort of what happens is that like, I reckon if I if we, I, you gave me a chance to re-edit The Matrix, I'd put the Morpheus thing at the top as a voiceover, I reckon you'd have a great time. If yeah. Literally just that scene at the start, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> it's also like a trope of the genre that they deliberately want to reveal something about the world to you at the end. Mm. Like, it's so common. Like what? Name another example. Well, like in this one, they're like what the ship does. You know, we like do they... a spoiler alert at the top. You can say what the ship does. So, like the Titan ship, which is the whole thing, and they're like, mm. it's gonna, it's powerful, it's powerful, and they're just being vague the whole time at the end, and they're like, this is the thing at the end. That's is that the ship that drew Barrymore? Drives. See, this is where I, I question whether it was the fault of the film or whether it was the fault of you because they talk about the Titan ship for the entire film. They go, we've got to get off Earth and protect Titan. And then for the whole movie they go, we've got to go to Titan. And yeah. you're going, what's Titan? What's Titan? 
Yeah, what, can't I, help I, you there. What's, Spaceship, man. what's what's Titan? That's where they're going. To but Titan. I thought the ship's name was Titan. It is. But yeah. aren't they on the ship? No, they're on no. another ship. What's that ship called? I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, it does fucking matter. <laughs> Why? I don't like it. I, don't, I hate this shit. What is Titan? I thought Titan was the group. I thought they were Titan AE. No, no. So Titan AE is is the world. Is it no, Earth? No, no, no. It's the it's the you know the round spaceship that the man flies off in at the start. Yes, that ship. The man being the dad. Yes, yeah. the dad. Yep. So you know how they are looking for a thing. Yes. And you know how that when whenever they're looking for the thing, they say. It's Titan that we're looking for. Yeah. We're looking for Titan. Yeah, but I... I Titan is over there. He's got the map to Titan. And then they find the thing and then they're like, now we're at Titan. I thought the group of people were Titan. No. And they're like, the dredge destroyed the Earth because of Titan. Now, now, here's where I will give you... This is where I will give you credit. Why... Did the dredge do this? Um, okay, this is re- it, that makes no sense. There's a really interesting idea there I love that they the did idea. not explore. Yeah. The I idea. I love that we had Sam on for this one because I don't get it, and he's. This is he why gets I said. It. This is why I said. I said Sam's gonna. Sam's gonna. There's a really interesting idea. Like, it's it's bad. <laughs> like the people. I was looking into it. The first thing you have to understand is is, is this was written as a live action movie. Oh, yeah. can you please? Because yeah, you were telling me the other day. Can you please go through the research? Because I went and did the same. Yeah. After you said the history of the making of this film, I went and like as I was watching it, was reading about it, and it is, it explains a lot. Well, so it was, it was written as like a live action sci fi script, like real people written by people who like sci fi. There was a Fox. Yeah. Then that didn't go ahead. Then they had their animation department, and the animation department needed scripts, and they were like, take this one, make it an animation one. So two guys took that script who hadn't done sci-fi They'd before. They'd just done Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> and then they took this, and then they made the movie, and then towards the end of the project, the animation studio got shut down. So then they outsourced a few scenes. Oh, okay. <laughs> And and if ever that's a piece of information that will f- colour your watching experience, it's that. There are just like... That's so funny. There is no consistency. Like th- there are times where they're in a... Where it's a cell animated uh, oh, people on, a, on an oil painting backdrop, very yeah. traditional. But then that oil painting backdrop will then be 3D for one shot. Mm. And then they're on a 3D ship... And the bad guys are 3D animated. Yeah. It was almost really cool. Like, if the bad guys, because the bad guys are just beings of pure energy, if they had all just been 3D animation and everything else was 2D animation, I'm like, that's fucking sick. That's really cool. Because most people, they go, what's an alien? And it's like, they're just going to make it look like a human being and mm. go from there. Whereas this thing has the humans who are 2D and it has the dredge with these 3D animations and then it has all the other aliens which just look like the characters wait, from Lilo and Stitch. Are the yeah. dre- wait, are the dredge the blue go-go? Blue yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I got that. Can we talk as well about the fact that, like, for me this is a this is a story about, like, there's not... What I loved about it is they're never on a planet. It's all... It's like... It's yeah. got a bit of a... Um, they're all on ships. Yeah, what's that What's that series? Uh, Battle, Battlestar Galactica. Firefly. Well, no, they go to planets. So. Okay. I've never seen Firefly. They just they spend a bit of time in space. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek. I've never seen any of them. Um, I'm specifically talking about Battlestar Galactica because they say go to planet, but like the bulk of their journey, the bulk, they're planetless. It's very similar to yep. 
Titan AE in that they're planetless, right? Yeah. That's the vibe, right? And then there's the enemy aliens. But then they also just have a cavalcade of kangaroo aliens. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking weird. <laughs> there's kangaroo and bug aliens. It, it, <laughs> oh, man. The, the, it, it is literally like... Uh, it was a collaboration. It's literally like there was no one at the top. There was no one at the top. <laughs> no. Like they had one department did the kangaroo aliens, mm. one department did the 3D animation, one department did the cell backgrounds, mm. and it just sort of oh, happens. The first time it goes to a 3D animated background, you're like, what the fuck? What, what, what happened yeah, to the movie? Good. What's happening now? I liked like, all the 80s stuff. I What's that, the 80s stuff? I could. Well, that was like that 80s 2D stuff. Oh, yeah. That, that was, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. It was kind of like turning on your TV on a Saturday morning and watching like a cartoon like yes. back when you were a kid. I liked all that shit because it was like nice to revisit that where they have like uh, twirly nipples. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a famously Hercules Disney movie, he has twirly nipples. Mm. A lot of twirly nipples. Because mm. um, they can't very, do 3D nipples. <laughs> very horny film as well. Like for a children's film. Very horny. Like super that I got. horny. <laughs> that like, I picked up on. Like lots, of, lots of naked people. There's one bit where um, yeah. where Matt Damon's character walks in on Drew Barrymore's character and she's having a shower. He's like, oh, my God. And she's like, you don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? But there's also Just... a scene where he gets knocked out. And then he's naked on a bed, yeah. and she's like examining him, and we see an animated bottom. Yeah, and, and then- he's very hairless, which makes me think like, while you're there on that ship, like he, w- he and he's buff, he would be using some sort of hair removal treatment. Yeah, because he's a very hairless man. Yeah, yeah, mm. and also working out, just like doing. Yeah, doing. Like, I love. I love. I can how- go. We can go defeat the dredge and and save Titan. Um, but first, I've got to do forty minutes do of cardio. I've just got to do some. Yeah, I've got to do some circuit training. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very, very horny movie. Like, also the cast is uh, wild. Yeah, very odd. <laughs> it's like because the thing is right that like Pixar would hire like actors, you know, yeah. not voice actors. That They kind of started that. But the thing about Tom Hanks is he really suits Woody. Yes. Yeah. And and is a good voice actor. Yeah. Matt Damon is not a voice actor. Yeah. And my goodness me, is Drew Barrymore not a voice actor? It's, no. It's just, it's and, and, and she's got such an iconic voice that you're watching this animated sci-fi movie. And even Matt Damon I couldn't quite place. And then all of a sudden there's this blue-haired, like, lady space chick that is, like, very distinctly designed in this designed world. And she's like, hey, it's me, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a big note I made, which was that the casting was incorrect. Like, not incorrect, but incorrect. Just like, they should have hired voice we've actors, got John which Leguizamo. is a specific skill. Jumping John, back to John, John, John was fantastic. Yeah. John, <laughs> is a, John is an excellent voice actor. Mm. He's done a bunch of animated stuff. Um, and, yeah, he's an excellent voice actor. But when you hear literally the first thing this Kale character said, I'm like, oh, look, it's Matt Damon from Goodwill Hunting and <laughs> The Departed. It's like, literally <laughs> Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore. Honestly, like if they had done a live action film, it would have been Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Bill Pullman was in it before. We, sp- we spoke previously about Bill Paxton. 
Paxton, Paxton. Nathan Paxton. Lane. I did love that there was just these two goofy characters that were Nathan Lane and John Leguizamo. So you had all these like non-voice actors, and then you just suddenly had um, the sloth from Ice Age mm. and um, Timon. Yeah. just like in these scenes. They were together. probably the best. I think who were able to actually straddle the whole. Like, because it's a tonally messy movie. Yeah. Like, it's like nowhere. And those two, I think, were doing characters, but yeah. then we're able to, like, switch it to something legit at the end. I what thought yeah. the fuck Janine Garofalo was in oh, this? Oh, man, she was funny. Who she, was she? Was, she? I she missed was, this completely. She's the kangaroo, that, yeah? The kangaroo with like the, that was in a constant squat. That was Janine Garofalo? Yeah, because, I, well, I didn't realise it was until just then as I was also looking at the cast, but there's this amazing moment where it's written... It's written, Leguizamo and Janine Garofalo's two characters are written like a Timon and Pumbaa, goofy, like funny. But it's Janine Garofalo. It's this dry stand-up. So there's this point where it's like, hey, you know, what was written was like, hey, you can't get in that ship. Wait a second, the captain told me I had to stay. But maybe the captain's the one that's being... Ch-. But it's like, it's like... It's like John Leguizamo's like, hey, like, the captain said we needed to stay. And then she's just like, well, I just trust the captain, so I'm going to stay here. <laughs> this wacky animated character that's like, I just think maybe we should stay. I'm Janine Graffalo. What a fucking odd choice. How good was uh, John's opening dialogue? What, what was that? I, I, he's, he's, you know when they have that, that, that trope of when there's just the scientists there just muttering to themselves? Oh, yeah. And then you get the x-axis over the y-axis and you pull the thing and then it'll get the parameters. And... It's <laughs> so true. Um, also, can I just say a quick uh, Leguizamo shout out? I thought he was going to be dead. And John Leguizamo often dies in movies. Mm. Um, at the, at the, either the third way, like one third of the way through the film or two thirds of the way through the film. And two thirds of the way through this film, we think he might be dead. Mm. But he doesn't die. So we've got to give props to that. They keep Leguizamo alive. They keep him going. But it's, it's, I think the funny thing for me was I didn't realise that was Leguizamo because I forgot about his voice acting skills. Yeah. And I was expecting, just based on the casting of the rest of the movie, based on Matt Damon, Bill Pullman and... Drew Barrymore, based on where he was in his career, that was like peak Hollywood, Hollywood Guzamo, yeah. which is a subphase of Sexy Luigi. Leg was Hollywood. Yeah. Leg was Hollywood, which is a subset, a substage of, of Sexy Luigi. He was right at the peak of that. He'd just done, um, so I was expecting a sexy kind of, a sexy kind of side, side character. Kick, yeah. yeah, like a bit of a Tybalt kind of character to come in and be like, hey, this is my ship and we disagree, but, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for the affection of Drew Barrymore. And then, and then I was like, well, that character hasn't come in yet. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, he's the funny little fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he did good. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I think 32 years into my life now, I've never embraced science fiction. I still can't. I have tried. I've not seen any of the Star Trek, Star Wars or whatever. I would prefer serial killers and tits in my films. So maybe I just wanted to I think there's great, there are great science, Alien and Aliens are two great science fiction. Where should I start? Start, like I wouldn't start, like I would just go to the stuff that's, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I love that film. I would go to like stuff that, like Arrival comes to mind is really cool. Arrival's fantastic. I've not seen Arrival, is that about aliens? Very good. Yeah, it's about, but like the good science fiction is all about, it's all metaphor. What about signs? I've seen Signs. Is that science fiction? I haven't, yeah, it's, I haven't yeah, seen Signs. Uh, Arrival is really good. Arrival's like a drama okay. about Alien. Uh, Contact, starring um, 
Uh, Jodie Foster. Have you seen Contact? No. That's another drama. I've seen Panic Room. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I've, I've seen That's Alfred Silence Molina. of the Lambs. Is he in that? Is that... He... No, it's not. It's not him. That's you're Forrest Whitaker. Of... You're thinking Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good. That's a good mistake to make. Uh, <laughs> Forest Whitathon. <laughs> oh, see now you're thinking. Now like you're a thinking mission like sack. a mission sack. Um, yeah, no, I think Arrival. Arrival's an amazing movie. Really good. Really, it's the only film I can think of that is like science fiction literature in film. Mm. Does that make sense? There's a lot of it in books and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that kind of. All right, using I'll check it the structure to, but it's a little out there. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm just being completely honest. I f- I think that science fiction is so hard to follow. And props to you, hardcore eight year old fans that love it. I can't follow it, and maybe that maybe that just makes me a big old dumb bitch. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. No, I think it just I think it's like you don't like to follow it. You don't want to. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like you're not a fan of it, so you're like, eh. I'm sure that a bunch of people out there would hate what I like. But, so. you, but you're smart. I'm not saying you're too – I don't think you're too stupid for <laughs> Titan AE. <laughs> Titan AE is so simple. I think you're not man. interested in Titan <laughs> AE. It wasn't simple. It's so easy. It wasn't like, easy. It was not easy. There's just bad guys with no motivation and they're just coming uh, – That I don't get. I yeah, don't no, get that. Yeah, what, no, what, I don't get it, but there's no different to like a bad James Bond or a bad – Yeah. Yeah, like there are plot holes, but the the plot itself was there's a thing like there's a MacGuffin, bad guys want it, good guys want it, like Go. that core structure. You were following that, weren't you? <laughs> I, I genuinely couldn't. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't. Right. I couldn't follow this movie. I didn't know who. I picked John Leguizamo because big fan, mm. but I didn't know why he was there or what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know what Titan was. I, I okay. it was very okay. See, like I, I'm with you for a moment. I'm like, yeah, there were too many characters serving the same purpose. Well, Titan was the thing they talk about a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and in I, great I detail. Just can't help yeah, you I, there. I, I, I <laughs> in think great I, expository detail. I think like what you were saying about your partner and your mum. I just switch off yeah. when yeah. it's that kind of like you just have to let your brain believe that this could no. I don't. I'm not no. You're also supposed to not know stuff like. You're supposed to be able to, like, good sci-fi just lets you fill in the blanks a lot of the time as well. Mm. What's a good sci-fi? Well, like Arrival. So, I'm just trying to think, like, like the start of, like, Arrival's great. Blade Runner uh, 2049 is really good. Like, the opening of that is, takes place on this fucking, like, uh, I think it's like a bug farm, is it? Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, and yeah. the bug farm is what everyone eats now because they're in the future. And, and fa- I don't know if you know, farming's really hard to get. Bugs are a really good source of protein. So then they're farming bugs. Like... I think that's it, is it? Or it's yeah, fuel something, or something, uh, it's not yeah, like yeah, fuel yeah, or something, yeah. but okay. like they're telling you about the world through the setting, but not directly. Like some place just like happens there. Yeah. Some stories just happen there. Is Interstellar sci-fi? Yes. Okay, yes. I didn't like that film either. Why? I didn't get it. <laughs> How didn't you not get that? Well, that okay. Oh, spoiler I mean first, spoiler uh, warning for Interstellar. That mirror thing. What was that? Yeah. that's... What was that? The robot was like, at, my criticism of Interstellar is there's too much exposition telling us no. what's going See, on. See, I liked it up, like, I, I got it. He gets on a sh- he gets on a rocket, and when he's on the rocket, he travels through time and space, and time moves differently. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. And I understood that when they got, when the ship, the rocket got uh-huh. a bit fucked up, oh, no, we're about to lose another 30 years. I got that. All of that shit. Then he ends up in a... a Fucking cylinder of mm-hmm. mirrors. Yeah. And that, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
from memory, that's like a, a device that. So the whole thing is about how gravity, as a force, can move across time. Yeah. Does that make sense? So gravity is everywhere at the same time, and this yes. is a device that you, when you en- enter into it, because of its gravity, na- or like you can essentially affect gravity across any point in time yep. of your own life. Yep. Remember how we had a robot? It in sounds like issue? shit. Yeah, it's all make. It's all like it's all made up. It's like if imag- I liked Harry Potter. Just is imag- that sci-fi. It just imagine no. it's Harry Potter. <laughs> it's it's real. They're really similar genres. They are. They are it's fantasy like- and. Well, imagine in that yeah. film where they're going. Here's a magical portal, and you can go back into this portal, and you can change stuff in your past, and you'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Oh yeah, I get that. But what they do in sci-fi is they're going, let's... They do some pseudoscience. Pseudoscience, or they go, like, we think this is these forces interact this way. Hypothetically, this could actually happen. So what you're saying is pseudoscience is equal to magic. Yes. Like, from a a viewer viewer standpoint, yes. There's a point in uh, Star Trek, The Next Generation, where they say they talk about a primitive planet and whether they'll go and visit them or not, and they say that to um, a primitive people... Technology appears like magic. I think that's a great little kind of, you know, you've heard that philosophy that before. That and so like, I'm a primitive person. You are a big dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think like structurally, I think that's a really good point, Sans. Structurally, science fiction is doing a very similar thing to fantasy in that, but it's it's using like a, a, an extrapolation on science to be. Okay. To serve the same purpose as fantasy. So so that Harry Potter 3, where they can travel through time, yep. is like it, the only difference is you would say, well, there's a machine that does that. Yeah. And and you might go, and here's some physics to explain it. Here's some... Yeah. But it's the same sort of structural idea. It's the same idea of like whether it's magic or technology that we don't recognise. It's the same kind of I get you. Yeah. And if it's good, whatever their hypo, like hypo, 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 fuck man, hypothesizing, hypothesizing. Yeah, I'm a big dum dum, but I can say words. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. <laughs> it's okay. It's well, I don't think it. you're a dum dum at all. I think anyway, yeah, go on. Uh, um, so Mishy's a dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> We're all dum dums. Yeah. No, if it's good, what they're hypothesizing on will have some. You know, notion to humans and how they're people and, and how we go about and has some insight onto us, basically. Mm. I, I like I, that, but in sexy thrillers. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a big believer, like, I, 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 I'm a big, in the same way that I think, we've talked about this and, and Sam, we've had conversations about this, but that horror is at its best when it's metaphor. It's a metaphor for, like, the, the monster is a metaphor for something or the horror is a metaphor for something mm. in life. In the way that Midsummer is about a toxic relationship and the way that... Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. The other thing, in the way that um, Land of the Dead was a metaphor for, um, you know, Bush's America and for yeah. capitalism, I think that science fiction at its best is sort of metaphor, but it's actually a comment on the time that it's made. Yeah. When it's at its best, it's a comment on the time that it's made because it's sort of saying, all right, here's everything that's happening in the world today. Here's everything that is happening politically, socially, and I want to comment on that. And the way I want to comment on that is to, like, push it, push it and be more. And what's one way to push something? It's to say, well, what's this plus 50 years? And, and I don't some aliens. Th- 
Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, like, there's a lot of bad sci-fi that doesn't do that. <laughs> so Titan AE, what was their message? There, it, there was almost a really interesting message, almost. What was In, the almost message? So the idea that there's the dredge with these beings made of pure energy come to attack Titan, basically, and they come to attack Titan because they, they think it's too powerful. And then you discover that Titan is a spaceship that makes another Earth. And they go, and you go. That's not too powerful at all. Why is that too powerful? Yeah, that doesn't actually make sense. And then you're like, oh, actually, Titan has the ability to destroy the dredge by taking its energy. So mm. therefore, you're almost in this hypothetical loop of if the dredge had just not attacked in the first place, would they have never killed themselves in the first place? Does that make like if they just not attacked Earth, then they would have never needed Titan, then they would never would have died. There's a really interesting idea there that they didn't do. Your brain is good. <laughs> Well, also, like, there's an element of, like, Noah's Ark to it. The idea of, like, um, what is what is humanity, what is Earth, like, yeah. if, if you protect the DNA. Like, these these are all the questions you could do with a story like that. You know what I mean? Like, you could do so many things with the story and they didn't. Okay. And that's probably my biggest criticism of the film is, like, it's like it, it's a... Um, you know, a lot of sound and fury signify nothing. And no one's... <laughs> how good were the twists when the guy's like, oh, I'm evil now? I like that shit. <laughs> my favourite twist, my favourite... I think it had my favourite twist of any movie where about two-thirds in it turns out Bill Paxton is evil and then it turns out <laughs> that the one of the kangaroo aliens is evil and then they fight the kangaroo alien and then Bill Paxton kills him and in that moment I'm like, oh, Bill Paxton's good. It's like, nah, he's also evil still. <laughs> But the kangaroos' like motivation is like, why are you double crossing me? It's like because they said they wouldn't kill you, and like kill like they would let me live if I killed you. And like at that point, as a human, just go okay. The people who who we're working for want me to double cross my boss. Maybe I should turn around and go, hey, I don't think we can trust them, and maybe together <laughs> we can get out of this alive. I, I but he's like, no. Nah. All it would take is a simple chat. It's literally just two. Oh no, they're bad twists. But like the he's bad twist. He's already bad. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it's man. so good. Also, like stylistically, there are moments where this is real Star Trekky. There's moments where it's real. But like then there's also moments where it's real steampunky. It just yeah, is so the, all over the place. The soundtrack to this was oh. so good. Oh man! It's like I said in the blurb. It's literally like if in the year two thousand someone said make a futuristic soundtrack. And so they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to use some weird, good Charlotte-esque shit. <laughs> it's so good. There's like, because it opens, right? So the whole film opens with, um, you know, the escape from Earth and then it's like 16 years later. And then there's this like dude and he's all like buff, but he's in a three-dimensional space suit on a, anyway. And he starts like cutting things up and it's really cool. And the music's like, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then like the lyrics come in, it's like, uh, he's in outer space now and he doesn't have Earth. There's no more Earth and he's in outer space. But, like, they're all, like, did you, I, I watched all the credits because I'm like, what are these songs? And, like, they're all, I think they're all just from bands. Like, yeah. I don't think they're written for the. They've, but they've just gone out and found the ones with, like. The lyrics, it's so literal in its lyrics. Yeah, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. It was very No, they were. They were just bands, but some of them were, like, remixed with some weird 
2000 synth shit. Do you know my favourite part in the whole movie? You talk about soundtrack, because a lot of the soundtrack is really cool and very 2000s. And then when, like, Titan starts making the Earth, I'm like, fuck, this is the movie I wanted, because it's like... It's, like, all, like, synthy. I'm like, this... If the movie had been this, just synthy, sci-fi... I love sci-fi. Yeah. But... It's really, it, it's really what it, as good as it should be. I've got, a, I've got a question kind of off topic. If sci-fi is on the bottom of my list of genres to enjoy, yeah. what's on your bottom? I was thinking about what's that. What's on I your bottom, know. Sam? Probably like period drama. Yeah, a bit of poo-poo. Oh, <laughs> go away. You invite me on your podcast and now you're accusing me of having poo-poo on my bottom. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Have some respect for your guests. I'm oh, so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you for putting us in our place. We're often very rude to our guests. We are often. <laughs> but they don't be, tell us off. If John comes on, you better not ask him if he's I would got never, poop on his bottom. I would bottom. never ask I'm John Leguizamo. I'm probably going to ask him if he's got poop. <laughs> John, first question. Uh, do you have poo-poo on your bottom? <laughs> you like that, Mitch? Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> Uh, what's at the bottom of your list, Sam? Uh, I'd say, like, period dramas, probably. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I love that shit. I, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this as a question. While you, you think you know? about oh, it. Oh, yeah, go. Yeah. Um, I'll just say, I do like a period drama. And here's a fun fact. I got really stoned in Amsterdam in 2016, mm-hmm. went back to my hostel with my friend, and we just watched about four period dramas. And that's my memory of um, period dramas. And it's okay because it's legal there. Mm. Mm. It should be legal everywhere. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have some complex opinions that I can't be bothered going into. That's fair. Um, I I think if I'm going to pick a genre, regarding Henry really made me think of this, probably... A drama that isn't, like, going for it. You know what I mean? Like a drama. A wishy-washy drama. A wishy-washy, easy-to-watch drama. Like a... Like a a midday movie. (sighs) Yeah. Midday movies often fail spectacularly in some form. Well, that's why I like that. Yeah, no, I don't mind that. I'm talking more about, like, Mish, I'm going to say it, like a Cinema 4 drama. Oh, God. (laughs) Something that gets a cinematic release. Um, Mm, Yep. But it's down the end of the hall. At the cinema. Can you think of another example then? Um, because they don't odd, exist as much as they Oddly exist. enough, regarding Henry, I don't think a lot of people have seen that. It's a movie, uh, it's a movie just it. very quickly for Sam's benefit. It's a movie we watched last week that um, is on our most recent episode of the pod um, where John Leguizamo shoots Han Solo in the face <laughs> and then he gets amnesia and Annette Benning nurses him back to health. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Um <sighs> I can't really think of a contemporary example. They're mostly TV series now. Mm. What I would say is if someone says to me, oh, this TV show is pretty good mm. and it's a drama, I'm like, is it funny? They're like, no, it's, it's more of a drama. And I'm like, is it going to fucking change my life? Is oh. it going to, like, kick me in the gut? So, like, Gilmore Girls? Like a Gilmore Girls or, like... Offspring? Uh, yeah. But even well, like, I don't want to you throw don't Offspring say under the bus because yeah. no, I like, have a lot um, of... For whoever, if any producers are off, of Offspring are listening to this, I love Offspring. <laughs> I think Offspring is a, a beautiful, wonderful show. Um, call me. <laughs> it's just like, even like when you get into some, this is not quite, sort of my partner's watching Mad Men and I'm watching it and she goes along. By the time it gets to season seven, it's not about anything anymore. Like, it's mm. not about this interesting new world expose. It's just a bunch of characters running around and they put conflict in there for no reason. Yeah. And you're like, why are we even here anymore? Yeah, yeah. And then I think it's like, I think Mad Men is like, 
I haven't seen that far along, but like Mad Men is like just something. It's like if it's not like yeah. there, if it's not at like that level, like I, I can't be bothered with it. It's sort of like drama. If it's just people, like, do you know a great Australian drama is Lo- Love My Way? Have you ever seen yes, that? Yes, I have, yeah. And I really don't want to give away that. Have you seen it, Sam? It's like. No. No, no. It, I don't want to give it away, but there's, a, there's stuff that happens in season one of Love My Way that. It changes everything that's come before. It affects the next season. It it is really, really, really like gut punchingly powerful. Yeah, and it's like it makes the series worth it. Other shows of that ilk where it's just people doing stuff, doing shit. Yeah, that's what I think. That's my least favorite genre is like people doing stuff, and it's not funny particularly. It's not sad particularly. It's not like what did I watch? Um, when they see us, the um, Ava, Ava Duvern, is that her name? Ava Duvern. When they see us, I don't know that. John Leguizamo's in it, so we're going to watch it eventually. Oh, great! Um, but it is incredible because it's. Are like, you watching John Leguizamo films and TV series outside of podcasts? <laughs> no, I watched this like a year oh, ago. Okay. I, I was like, that's psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Ava Duvernay. I, I was like, couldn't remember the last bit of her last name, oh. but Ava Duvernay. That series is like. Incredible, and it's a drama, and it's really, really powerful, and it made me like think about shit. Mm. What we were talking about, promising young woman, the other day. Great, that made me think about shit. It changed me. A bit. Would you call that a drama though? Uh, yeah, See, I'd call that a thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. So, but I mean, I guess I'm just saying, I want if it's a drama, <laughs> I want it to change me. I get you. I would say science fiction is at the bottom for me, but very close are those those shitty comedies. Like um, Harold and Kumar and like Road Trip and stuff like that. Like the that. ones made for fourteen-year-old boys. Yes, you, you, they don't. The for some reason, list. yeah. For some they reason, don't, just, they, don't, they don't get you. I don't. They don't get me. She who is they don't change neither my the life. gender nor the age of their target audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, makes sense. I just I, I don't enjoy those. Is it because you don't understand who Harold is? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I. Do you know what I think? Comedies, Jay and Silent Bob, one of my least favorite films. Comedies that are more interested in plot. Don't uh, don't rate highly on my like if yeah. if if the comedy isn't the most important thing or if it's not an effective drama mm-hmm. yeah 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 I feel you on that. So um, what's up, just very quickly, what's on the top of your list then? I'm interested to know, Sam. Genre, yeah, uh, probably sci-fi mm-hmm. and fantasy. Yeah, Sam loves fantasy. You love a fantasy always novel as well. Yeah, he loves reading a novel. I'm always reading novels. Yeah, you love a fantasy novel. Any great science fiction films you've seen recently? No, no what, I, I, like like I love the Expanse. I think it's really good the TV yeah. show, um, but that's really heavy like, in terms of like it just starts. And Would just, I like it? No, you'd hate it. Okay, like it's 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 <laughs> one of the it's quite dense at the start. Not for dum dums. You're not a dum dum. No, you called. Don't gaslight me, Zach. You literally just I called me. I said it a as a joke because I don't think you're a dum dum. I think you just don't like the genre. I think, in fact, you over you like your your. If I were to diagnose, I think you overthink. You're like, what was that silly term? And you go, all right, I need to understand. You, mm. You're analysing all the elements. Yeah. Um, most of the genres, people are just opening up control panels and adjusting wires, and none of it means anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're all like, I've got to do this to open the thing, and they're, like, they're all just trying to put stuff in there to make it like yeah. suspenseful. Let's um, say each other's because we do this podcast together. What your favourite is and what, what you're going to yeah. say. You know what my favourite is. Yeah, I, yours is uh, erotic mid-budget thrillers. <laughs> I would say thrillers. Thrillers. And then the, With a just... penchant <laughs> for the erotic. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that would probably be right. Um, oh, fuck. I don't know, Zach. That's hard because you like so much film. Um, um, generally speaking, you're... You can t- do two or three because I think I would do two or three. Yeah? Yeah, you can throw a few out. Um, you really, like, I don't, I don't know what the name of the genre is, but those kind of indie, well-written... <laughs> Like yeah. art house films. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that would yeah, probably be your number one, or like up the top three. Like indie, indie American, American indie art house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna settle on that. That would be your favorite. That, and I think, I think genre. Like I think, uh, like horror. I'm, I'm yeah. coming back round. You like old school horror. Though. I'm coming back yeah. round real hard for like horror and like. Probably like sci-fi, but more in that like um, the Crow, Dark City yes. kind of realm. Like, yeah, uh, yeah but uh, that kind of more not so much sci-fi as it is like moody. Like, yeah, mm. Blade Runner number one is a great <laughs> example. Blade Runner two is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, as long as they're good, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, that's how I just like a movie to be good, and science fiction just doesn't tickle my mish pickle. Does it tickle you, Mish Pickle? <laughs> watch Arrival though, because Arrival's really. I good. will. Um, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'll watch it tonight because I've got the night off. Like, I'm, it's just me and my puppy tonight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch Arrival, but no, I'm going to watch a movie called Mad Love with uh, Chris O'Donnell and uh, Drew Barrymore from the mid nineties. Right, it's where a thriller. Are you watching that? Why are you watching you that? You can. It just looks good. Oh, you've just set yourself <laughs> up though. So. No, I've, I've rented it on YouTube. Um, so and I've got to watch Mad Love. That's so funny. It's what I like to do on the nights. So I don't live with my partner. It's a little bit of an insight. Mm. I don't live with my partner yet. We are moving in together soon, but mm. we don't live together yet. So I'm really, really enjoying my once a week, maybe maybe once a fortnight because I'm a busy girl, where I get a night where from 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. it's just me mm. and my puppy. My puppy goes to bed at like 8. Mm. And on those nights I make pasta Mm-hmm. Usually a vegan spag bowl, which I'm very good at, mm-hmm. and I eat a bowl that's probably enough to feed two and a half mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I know that bowl. I know that bowl. You know well. the bowl. Um, and I watch. At the moment, I'm having another sexy thriller moment. Often it's a horror, like often, but I'm I'm really into like mid two thousands horrors and stuff like that, rather than the early seventies eighties stuff that you really love. Well, no, I, I would say I'm kind of like the nineties, yeah, two thousand. Like Scream, I think is one of oh, my favorite perfect. horrors yeah. of all time. Scream is in my top ten favorite movies. Of I all time. love. Scream. Have you seen Scream, Sam? I haven't seen. You don't Scream. like oh. horror films, do you? They're very spooky. I like yeah. Midsummer a lot because it, yeah. it was really good. I saw Midsummer with you. Horror yeah. as metaphor on that. Yeah. Horror as metaphor. I could chuck you. I'm making a list at the moment for yeah. someone else. I'll chuck you a list of horror as metaphor. Metaphor, I think you should have a crack at. Yeah, as long as they're like interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, Sam, we at the end of each pod give a Leguistamo score, which isn't. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, but don't put him in the position where he has to say. I, I wasn't. I was just moving forward, and Good, he was I giving like me that. a blank stare. Yeah, I like that. So I'm just giving him the. I don't want to look at him. I, now. I, I don't want to know handle, that my. There's nothing I hate more than the. Ah, yeah, I'm losing good. Well, <laughs> Sam wouldn't do that. He'd just be like, I have never listened to your podcast. Who did but that? I don't want to know that my dear friend Sam Lingham has never listened to the podcast, but also I don't care. I'm sorry, Sam, I'm, I don't want you to answer either way, but I remember I was on a podcast recently. I was a guest, there was another guest, and they were just so beautifully, wonderfully, transparently open about the fact that they never listened to the podcast they were on. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. Yeah, it's good. They were just like, so what do I do? Who's the... And that, like, someone, so the host was like, have you listened before? And they're like, 
No, I haven't. The, the best example of this is when we had Christian Hull on. Yes, Christian yes. Hull. We got Christian Hull on for Die Hard too. Yeah. Never listened to our podcast That's before. That's great. Had no idea what it was about. Just a big Donna fan. And so we got him on and then about halfway through the podcast he realised what the podcast was about and was like, this podcast is fucking cooked. <laughs> Which I th- I can't decide if that was on hi- like funny on him because he didn't know or like did we not shameful on us for not explaining us it. for not having a little copy paste blurb. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we said we give a Legwa Starmo score, which is a score out of five, but it's not what we think of the film. It's not like what is the film out of five. It is how Legwazamo we this film is. Okay. So did you want to go first? No, I think not I'll, at all. I'll go first. Go I never first. go first. So. This is a tough one, okay? I'll tell you why it's a tough one. Because, uh, you know, you don't see John Leguizamo. He's not a major player in the film. The film is is all over the place. Um, it, it, it gets... It's him showing his strength. He's one of the strongest performers in the film, and I really do believe that. I'm not just saying that because he's back listening. I really... Because he listens to the podcast again. I really do believe, like, him and probably Nathan Lane. No, I think he even did better than Nathan Lane in this. I think he just... I agree with that. ...really fucking nailed it. A lot of that, like, oh, he is a voice actor. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I watch the film and I go, oh, he knows how to stand in a booth on his own and deliver lines in such a way that... They work on an animated character and they work with other characters who he's not in the room with. Mm -hmm. Because you see a lot of, like, the Matt Damon, Drew Barrymore stuff is just like, that's like Matt Damon said said some words and then two months later Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore (laughs) said some (laughs) words. Um, So for that... For the fact that it like it, it it's such a shining bright star for him as a performer, I suspect it was Fox Animation. I suspect it was because of this film that someone that worked on this film was like, we should talk to John Leguizamo when they were making Ice Age. I think there was a link that they were like, he did a really good job on on Titan AE. So because it gave us Sid the Sloth, in my opinion. That's a big leap, but go on. But because it gave us Sid the Sloth. Because he is the best in the film, that gets points. Because he's not the lead, because the film is, you know, not a great, like, part of his au revoir compared to an Ice Age, I give it three Leguistamos. Great. So I'll go next. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, at this point, go, we all know that John is brilliant. It's a, this movie is a wonderful reminder that he's an incredible voice actor, but I think just because I was happily surprised or reminded, I should say, that he was a good voice actor. It doesn't deserve Leguistamos because this far into the pod, we already know he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say of his work, brilliant, and I will say that of his character, a nice little character in the in the movie, not a huge impact, but also from what I kind of gathered from the plot, he 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 helped with some stuff that they, without him they wouldn't have been able to do. Is that fair, Sam? Absolutely. Right, like mm-hmm. like um, he got. No, Matt Damon's character got the map to slow down, but once it slowed down, he could read it. And, yeah. and I will just say, Mish, in, in your defence, um, the the movie, the, the the yes, they're looking for Titan, and we teased you for that. Mm. There is a l- huge lack of clarity of who's looking for Titan, yeah. who cares about Titan. His characters relate the relationship. The movie has some structural issues. Yeah. I'll give you that 100%. I was, I really did love the combination of Johnny Legs and Nathan Lane, though. Like, it's Sid the Sloth and it's Timon. <laughs> like, what a lovely, what a lovely little treat for us all. Um, I give this two and a half leg with Starmos. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Sam. 
Um, I think there's there's so much in this movie that is not John Leguizamo. Mm. Uh, it's all over the place. There's so much going on. Um, so I, I, I'm going to give it three Leguistamos. Wow. Great. That was concise. Thank was you. Good. That was Thank really you, concise. What else did you want me to say? <laughs> no, like, that's no, fine, I man. Just, like, no, I'll do it again. Concise, um, concise is not really our style. <laughs> We don't really know what to do with concise. No, Sam, don't be anything but yourself. That's good. How good was the bit where the the spaceship, where he just takes a spaceship for a joyride and the rock song plays? And oh, the, yeah, that was good. That was um, in the Wikipedia. That was one. Of, that was outsourced. That was outsourced. <laughs> There's just this, like they're just going along and they're trying to go to the next place, and he's like, "Take it for a joyride," and he just. <laughs> flies through the crowd and a rock song like clouds. There's a I thought of of Lion King as I was watching this film because there's this moment right that's very similar to Lion King, which is a father figure, but a bad guy father figure, and the main character like trying to stop him from falling reminded me of you know the father figure and then the bad guy father figure. Yeah. In, in uh, Lion King with Scar and Mufasa, mm. and it made me think of Lion King, and it made me realize. Lion King is a brilliant film, right, because it's so concise and it's so clear in its themes. This film is just like there's, there's just no motivation. No. There's no themes. Like things happen. He's like, you shouldn't kill me. He's like, no, nah, I'll let you live. And it's like, but there's nothing in, uh, leading up to that moment that yeah, he's, he's not changing. No. He doesn't get on board with Earth. Yeah, weird yes, movie. It's a shame. I was, I've been wanting to watch this movie since I was like 10 years old. I was really hoping for you a You might good have time. liked it more at 10. I would have loved it at 10. The animation would have blown your mind. I would have yeah. loved it. I used to do on um, Photoshop, I used to draw like science fiction pictures of the science fiction movie I would one day want to draw and like they were not unlike this movie. Yeah. Like people looking out windows and floating around in space. Like I, I dreamed of making a like science fiction cartoon like Titan AE, but I just never got around to watching it. My deepest fear is getting cast in a science fiction film because I don't get it. That's so funny. <laughs> you just don't get it. No, like, because like let's be thing. honest, if someone came to me and was like, we want to cast you in this science fiction film, I would accept it. Because work is work, mm-hmm. and let's do let's do it. Let's make let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, I don't know what I think. What I would do is call Sam. You see, I would actually call Sam. And be like, I'm fucked, Sam. Help! And I'd make him read the script, and he'd do it for me. Too, you just you just have to say the words with intention. Yeah, that's it. Like fast and with intention. Okay. You mean like the ring coupling on the maroon thing is sending a signal back down to the planetary interface and we've got to connect that before that goes gangbusters. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Are well, you going to bloody take me out of the job set? It doesn't mean anything most you of the time. Do it. it like Shakespeare. You would just treat it like Shakespeare, just like just like say it with, yeah, with intention. Okay. And well, you should watch it with the same sort of thing. Like Maybe I'll give it another shot and I say that no. No, I don't. I know I don't. No, I don't. But watch um like like you know, like you've said, you you love uh, Back to the Future, that's technically a science fiction. You like uh maybe you just don't like the that the Sexy thriller ones. There's some around. I can't think of any movies that are sexy thrillers and sci fi. Uh well like I think Dark, Dark City's got a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dark City is kind of a... What about, what about that Jessica Alba TV show, Dark Angel? Um, is that a sci-fi? Yeah. I don't know. That was pretty sexy. <laughs> Watch Arrival, because Arrival is like a touching character drama, but it's it's you got to like... you got to listen. <laughs> is that the one with Tom Hanks? No, no that's The Terminal. Um, no, it's not a sci-fi. That's about an Eastern European man <laughs> that lives in an airport. <laughs> 
eats and eats uh, uh, um, tomato sauce and dry crackers. Oh, um, no, what's your rival? Because arrival is right, like, but what? Uh, that, well, who's in arrival? Amy Adams. Amy Adams, she's she's something else. She's wonderful. I watched an episode of Buffy the other day as background <laughs> noise while I um while I oh, cleaned Sam my thought apartment. The podcast is over. I, I got no idea. <laughs> I watched an episode of Buffy while I was cleaning my house the other day. I just put on a random episode, and Amy Adams was in it. Fucking blew my mind. She, like just there. Yeah, I love. Just I she love said Amy a couple Adams. of things in an angry voice, and then left. Um, I'm gonna read a review, and oh, then yeah. we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. It was a lot. I just sat through little talk of John Leguizamo and a lot of talk of gooey about gooey baby birth cheese. So clearly I'd listen to these two talk about anything. How many stars? Five stars. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Arrow <laughs> boop. We have a thing, Sam, where, where if you want to give us any constructive criticism of the podcast, the only way we'll listen is through a five-star <laughs> review on, <laughs> on Apple <laughs> So you can tell us anything. You can, like, break down what you don't like about the podcast. That's fantastic. But you have to tell us through a five-star review. Thank you so much for coming in, Sam. Is there anything you want to promote? Yeah, you want to promote Margaret Moves to Mars? Oh, yeah, I made a podcast. That is yeah. a bit soft. You're in it. I, it's my biggest. Mish has never my promoted biggest. it once. She's not, she's not your best. I did. Uh, me and Michelle made it. Michelle uh, Brazier made a six-part, you know, sci-fi comedy impro sitcom. It was the fucking best. I enjoyed that. Yeah, very busy. Um, but yeah, you're in that. Yeah, I'm in that, and it was it was like Mish's it was so much fun. Very improv-y. super improv-y. Um Auntie Donna, you're part of yeah, Auntie Donna. So if you want to, to, to promote Auntie Donna, you want to go to AuntieDonna.com. You can <laughs> yeah. see what we're up to. <laughs> Get on there. Um, uh, um, you can follow me on Instagram. I might do a post this year. That's great. You That's know, exciting. From time to time, you can follow Margaret Moves to Mars on Instagram. <laughs> not not going to be a post this year. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.